Hello, everyone. Welcome to the What's in a Song podcast. I'm your host, Scarlett Keys. In honor of the release of Taylor Swift's Era movie and the course I've created and have been teaching at the Berklee College of Music, I thought I would make a mini episode for you sharing a couple of things that we can learn for our own songwriting from this artist who is taking the world by storm on so many levels. I've had such a good time in my class at Berkeley. It is such a pleasure to have students come in and have such a wonderful time learning an in-depth approach to songwriting from one of their favorite artists. There are so many tools and techniques that you can learn from her and incorporate into your own songwriting, no matter what genre you write in. All right, before we start, I wanted to announce that I'm offering a special weekend virtual songwriting workshop coming up next month in November on the songwriting of Taylor Swift. And it's a workshop that will be interactive, where you'll be learning different writing techniques that show up over and over again in Swift's writing. And then you'll have in-class writing exercises to try these techniques out. You'll have homework, and you will also have opportunities to collaborate with classmates. The Taylor Swift Songwriting Workshop is going to be limited. So if you're interested in joining and you want some information, email me at scarlet at scarletkeys.com. And it's going to be Saturday and Sunday, November 18th and 19th, from 1 o'clock to 5 p.m. New York time, Eastern Daylight Time. So I'd love to see you there. All right, let's get started. Taylor Swift. I want to talk about the harmony of Taylor Swift because it's not known for being uh, complicated. In fact, it's known for being very simple. And Taylor Swift uses classic chord progressions in her songwriting over and over again. She knows that these have been proven in hundreds of other hit songs. And there's a power to using something that's been proven. You know, the moment you hear a song that starts out with a common chord progression like C, A minor, F, G, or 1, 6, 4, 5, you like it. You just immediately, like there's an instant sonic in that you have with the listener. It's like when you meet somebody for the first time, but they remind you of someone that you used to really like, you just like them immediately. And that's what we get when we use a common chord progression. We also get the storytelling ability of those chords that automatically comes with that. So often we start writing a song because we just, we find a chord that we love and then we might explore you know, some shape on the guitar fret that we don't know and find something really amazing. And I love that process. But sometimes it's just nice to pick a proven chord progression and see what we can do with that. How can we make that our own? So her harmonic simplicity is really, really served her as a songwriter and as a poet. You know, she takes this common chord progression and she just lays her poetry across it. And there's nothing distracting our ear. You know, when we use a lot of chords outside the key or a lot of amazing harmony, which we might find in neo-soul or R&B, and, and there's a whole love for that, and in jazz. But in this case, we've got a poet on our hands. We've got a storyteller, and that harmonic bed is just there 
um, just to, to lay her poetry across. And I can think of another great lyricist that uses mostly just one, four, and five in their chord progressions and was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature. Bob Dylan also knows the power of simplicity and what it does as a platform for lyric writing and storytelling. So when we look at a chord progression like one, six, four, five, C, A minor, F, G, you've heard that. We've heard that with Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You or Stand By Me by Benny King and Every Breath You Take by The Police. But we've also heard it in many Taylor Swift songs. It's Time to Go, Me, Ronan, White Horse, The Best Day, New Year's Day. New Year's Day kind of fluctuates a little bit in the verse between one and four, but then it goes into the one, six, four, five. And then we've got Teardrops on My Guitar, Sweeter Than Fiction, Wish You Would Come Back, Last Kiss, Everything Has Changed, London Boy, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, Stay Beautiful, and Blank Space. So I think... I think there's a pattern here of success and none of them sound the same. So when you use, don't be afraid to use a common chord progression because it's going to be up to you to make that yours with the melody that you assign to those chords and the lyric that you write. So Swift borrows this magic. She knows that when an audience has that familiar chord progression, there's an instant likability factor. You can also reconfigure that pattern. Instead of one, six, four, five, you could start with four, one, five, six, for example. So you'll hear that in Taylor Swift's songs um, in Midnight Rain, Breathe, We Are Never Getting Back Together, Bad Blood, and Antihero, just to name a few. So for most of her songwriting, she's either using a classic chord progression or some form of a repetitive progression with the classic chords that are diatonic to the key. So I'm sitting at my piano and I thought I would just play this progression for you. So we've got one, six, four, five. And it's going to be up to us as a writer to sort of make that unique to us. So maybe... You want to come up with a rhythm that's unexpected. Or maybe you want to come up with some right-hand part that's arpeggiated in some way. Or maybe you want to change the time signature. of different grooves different ways to play this is going to make it yours and then of course it's going to be about the melody that you inlay um, with this chord progression so I want to talk about bridges because bridges are definitely a thing that comes up a lot with songwriters you know okay 
where do I go? How do I make the bridge sound like a bridge? And oftentimes they're really just exploring diatonically where they can go in the bridge. We can always rely on Paul Simon's comment when he was talking about writing the bridge for Still Crazy after all these years. His response was, well, I just looked at all the notes I'd used in the song and the chords, and I just used the notes I hadn't used yet and the chords, which is really actually exactly the thought. Um, But in the case of one of Taylor Swift's songs that I think is pretty remarkable, I mean, she is known to be the queen of bridges. But, you know, she wrote a song, the whole song is, is a metaphor, So we're going to talk about getaway car. Um, She's at a party. She's in a relationship she doesn't want to be in anymore. And she wants to leave and get out of there with somebody new, which is fine. But it's not as amazing as the metaphor of, you know, we're, we're two criminals in a getaway car. We're Bonnie and Clyde. It's just so much more fun to to play with that language in the song. So that song starts out with the chord progression one, five, two, four, or C, G, D minor, F, C, G, D minor, F. And she repeats it as a progression through the song, both in the verse, the pre-chorus, the chorus, and the bridge. But what she does in the bridge is pretty fabulous. She is obviously creating contrast between all of those sections with the melody and the rhythm of the melody. And Swift is using the metaphor of Bonnie and Clyde and committing a crime and escaping. She's wanting to leave the party and get away. She uses lines like prison break and the light of freedom on my face. So this is a getaway car. It's a getaway. And so she modulates in the bridge. She modulates up a whole step in that bridge instead of using a chord in the key for the bridge she goes up a whole step she modulates from the key of c up to the key of d d major and the result is the feeling of escaping the key (laughs) and the relationship at the party which is actually pretty great storytelling pretty great films film scoring i would call it um, musically when you decide to modulate Um, oftentimes songwriters will introduce the upcoming key change with some kind of musical foreshadowing or a melodic hint. But because she's writing about two rebels, the new key comes out of nowhere, totally unannounced, like two bank robbers, (laughs) from the key of C major to the key of D major. So for the first bar of that bridge, we get two beats of a D major chord. And then we get four notes in the melody that are common to both the key of C and the key of D on the lyric, we were jet set. Then the melody uses a C sharp, which belongs to D major only. And now we're fully in D major with one, five, two, four, but now in the key of D major. Oftentimes a bridge that modulates to a new key will find its way back to the original key for the next chorus. But in this case, these two heart robbers are never, they're never coming back and neither does the key. The song stays in the new key for the next chorus to the end of the song. Pretty nice musical storytelling. This is a song that Taylor Swift wrote with Jack Antonoff and it's the first time I hear a chord outside the key in her songwriting up to that point. 
the bridge section uses the four minor chord instead of the four major chord. So now instead of D, A, E minor, G, we get D, A, E minor, G minor. That last chord is paired with the lyric, never win. I'm going to play the chorus before the bridge so we can hear that modulation in that bridge. Uh, notice just the feeling that it you get when you just you hear that D major chord it's like a lift it feels like that car is just driving off a cliff um, it comes out of nowhere and it just stays in the new key so here we go That's some pretty smooth bridge work right there. Just mod direct modulation from C up a whole step with no introduction. So it can be a little smoother if once you arrive in the destination key that you are bringing in some shared notes to the key you're leaving and the key you're going to. That might make it a little bit smoother. So I would like to challenge you as a song prompt to take one of these chord progressions, maybe start with one, six, four, five, find some way to make it yours or scramble them around and find a new configuration of those chords and modulate up a whole step in your bridge and see what happens to using the same chord progression. If you want to try out that four minor at the end of the bridge, try that. So there you go. There's two swift moves that we can try out in our songwriting and I would love to hear how that works for you um, follow me on Instagram at Scarlet Keys Official I want to thank you so much for tuning in and I want to thank Peter Sykes for mixing this episode and Otto Gross for writing producing and co-writing the theme song for the show and mostly I want to thank you my listeners for taking the time to check in and I've been having a fabulous fabulous time with my what's in a song songwriting community we meet once a month everybody gets a song prompt and you write a song and I usually give you feedback on your song and we have a live class where you can come ask questions and we have a Facebook community so if, if you're looking to join a group of like-minded songwriters and artists and make connections and collaborations go to scarletkeys.com and sign up for the membership also, join the mailing list because I'd love to keep in touch with you, share tips and upcoming events with you. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Now go write a song. What's in a song?